Um, happy Friday and welcome. Um, thank you all for tuning in and being here today. Um, it's Sam, and if you didn't know, I'm here today with my friend and published author, Eric Steidel, to talk about writing, publishing, and more. Hey, Eric. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, 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 good. Thanks for being here today. Um, I'll let him tell you a little bit more in a minute about his writing and his published work. I didn't want to um, steal your thunder, but we'll definitely talk about that. Um, but I'm very grateful that you graciously agreed to be with you here today and answer some of our questions about writing, publishing, um, your work, your success, and more. Um, so, of course, I have some questions prepared, but I also want to make this an interactive discussion. That's kind of the benefit of doing a live video. Um, so, anyone here is watching us today, I see we have at least one viewer already. Um, post your questions in the chat about writing, publishing, or any of those topics. Um, again, for someone who who has been published and and knows at least a little bit more, maybe a lot more on this topic than I do. Um, we want to hear from some of you too. So, yeah, join in. Um, so, Eric, can you tell us, um, just for anyone familiar, about your history with writing and what you've published and, and your major works or work or whatever? Uh, yeah, so I um, I started writing in earnest. Uh, so my day job, I'm a teacher. Uh, I right, teach okay. up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I teach English as a second language. Uh, there's a there's a large Puerto Rican population on the west side of Cleveland. So I teach uh, English as a second language, and then I teach Title One reading, which it's it's like a, a reading recovery, reading intervention yeah. for low level readers up there. And you work um, on writing in all your free time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Between teaching and what? Four kids, do you say? Four kids now, yeah, four wow. kids. Yeah. Um, and then also I have uh, two, two jobs that I work on the side uh, because teaching uh, in Cleveland does not pay a whole lot. So. Understandable. Uh, but so you got a full plate. Yes, yeah, definitely a full plate. Uh, but so I, I started writing in earnest because I found that a lot of uh, – a lot of the reading passages that we would use for my students up in Cleveland weren't really uh, applicable to their lives, to their backgrounds. Um, for example, like we'd, we'd be reading uh, a story about a, a kid building a treehouse. I'm like the, like my, my students up in Cleveland, they have no idea what a treehouse is really. <laughs> they, they've never seen a treehouse. They, so they, they really had no, um, like it, it's scaffolding right? They had, they had no context for what that was. And so they weren't interested in it. They were engaged in it. So mm -hmm. I started, so I started writing just short stories for them uh, that were more relevant to their lives. And, and I do things like I'd use my own students' names in the, in the short stories. Cool. Uh, because also a lot of the, uh, a lot of the stories that I used, they, they didn't use names that, that really, uh, my students had, right? There, there were yeah. no Dewans, DeAnthony's, you know, there, okay. there were none of those in the stories. And, and so uh, really I, I started writing as a way to engage my students. Huh. And that kind of morphed into uh, the first book that I wrote, which is a children's book called The First Ostrich to Fly. Um, okay. and, so, and so that was my first uh, published work. I self-published it through Amazon uh, KDP, which is Kin uh, Kindle Direct yeah. Publishing. Um, and we can talk more about that process later. Because sure. um, that's, uh, that's, that's something to navigate for sure. I believe uh, it. And, and so then after that, um, I, I started writing my 
work that's that just got published about a month ago, which is a teenage novel. And um, it's it's funny. I kind of actually wrote that uh, because of the uh, the pandemic, right? Okay. So my wife and I were uh, we we were volunteering with our local church as uh, middle and high school small group leaders, and and then on Sunday mornings we we ran kind of the middle school ministry at our church, and then all of a sudden we go from seeing our kids every Sunday morning being able to engage them that way to we can't see them at all right like like church shut down everything's shut so down we're faced with the with kind of the problem of like how do we still engage uh middle schoolers especially uh in the scripture in the things of god while not being able to talk to them right and um and so what what i decided was like maybe i could um, do writing. And so what I did is I, I took uh, one of the most interesting stories in the Bible, uh, which is the story of uh, David and Jonathan, right? Mm -hmm. And so I retold it from a minor character's perspective, who's also like a teenager, right? Um, just to kind of give it a slant that might engage middle schoolers better. Um, and so if you're not familiar with the story uh, of David and Jonathan, uh, so David and Jonathan are best friends, right? Uh, Jonathan is King Saul's son. So he's the prince. Um, and David is one of the commanders in King Saul's army, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, but then, so. And he's supposed Saul, to be the next king. Yeah. What's that? And he's anointed to be the next king or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so David gets anointed to be the next king. Um, Saul doesn't even know this, but Saul's super jealous of David, right? Everyone loves David. David's got this huge success as this army commander. People are singing his praise. And so Saul is, is really just kind of, um, self-conscious. It, it seems like he's a, a guy with like low self-esteem, not a lot of self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And so he makes this plot to assassinate David, right? Um, and so in the end, Jonathan finds out about it um, and they kind of sneak David away. So at the end of the story, uh, the signal that they use um, is Jonathan shoots an arrow. And so uh, like the, the signal was if the arrow goes past the rock, then David had to leave. It wasn't safe. If the arrow landed in front of the rock, he could stay in Israel, right? Um, so Jonathan shoots the arrow and then the Bible says that he sent a boy to go fetch the arrow while he and David say goodbye. And so I told the entire story from the perspective of the boy that Jonathan sends to go fetch the arrow. Cool. And so I, I took that, that character uh, where there's literally only one line in the Bible about him, right? There's like seven words. And I kind of just built that out and I, I created, I gave him a name. I gave him a background. Um, like yeah. how did he come to be in the employ of, of Jonathan? Right. And so I, I kind of just took some creative liberties. I made him the one who actually discovered the plot to kill David. Okay. Uh, Cause the Bible doesn't say who discovered it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of filled in the edges of this really intriguing, suspenseful story. Yeah. Right? It, I mean, it's got everything. It's got best friends. Uh, Jonathan's got this conflict, this inner conflict. Does he go with his father? Does he go with his best friend? And so I took this really intriguing story that covers all of like a chapter and a half in the Bible mm -hmm. and I just built it out a little bit. And so that's, that's the, 
the latest story. Okay. Um, and so I, I actually got a publisher for that one, uh, yeah. Crosslink, Crosslink Publishing. It's this tiny Christian okay. independent publisher out of uh, like South Dakota. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, they, they really wanted to jump on uh, that, that story. And so, um, yeah, working with them has been great. Uh, okay. We can hash, hash out what that looks like. Yeah, well. yeah. I'll ask you more about that in a minute. Um, I didn't realize you had gotten started with, or, or, with, or, or that you had begun writing because of teaching. Um, I have a teaching background too. I'm not in it currently, but um, my wife is still a teacher, and I still have teachers in my family. So I could talk about that more if, 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 we, had, if we had all the time in the world. But yeah, that's really cool. Um, and tell us the, the name of your book, just, just for anyone who didn't catch it. Um, it's called Ayal the Arrow Boy. Okay, Ayal um, the Arrow Boy, yeah. Yeah, A-Y-A-L. A-Y-A-L, the Arrow Boy, okay. You uh, said it just came out last month? Uh, yeah, the official release date was June 1st. Okay, okay, so, yeah. very good. It's cool that now that, I mean, now that we're mostly past the pandemic-ish, I mean, things are coming out again, and, and like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess for you it was the first time uh, for some of this format, but I mean, I mean like, a lot of the creativity that that people were able to work on during the, during the pandemic is now is we're seeing the fruits of that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that. Okay, um, we kind of covered this already. I was I was going to ask you what inspired you to write this particular story from biblical history. And I know you you kind of told how you got interested in that, but I mean, I'm sure we've all um, we've, we've all seen seen some bad biblical fiction, I'm sure, and I know there. there, there there, there, there are some good ones out there. I've, I've read some really interesting ones also about like David and his mighty man and, and basically the, the stories of the great feats they do. I mean, historical fiction, of course, but it's, but it's, you know, but it, it, it can't be done well. So, so I guess, I guess I would ask why this one story, um, what, what caught your eye about that story? Um, honestly, I, I don't know. I was just reading okay. through that and I was like, you know what, this, this would be a pretty good story. Like, um, it was probably just what I was reading in my Bible at the time. And I was like, you know what, who was, who was that kid that Jonathan sent to go fetch the arrow? Um, and so it kind of started from that, that question really. Um, and, and so then it just kind of built out, uh, from that. Okay. And it is more of a, it's, it's, it's teen focused. You said it's like young adult level. Okay. Yeah, so I was cool. I was just kind of also looking at like just kind of the market, right? As as a writer, yeah. and like teen and middle grade fiction is such a huge market right now, right? Really like, is. It's it's got like I mean Harry Potter is what like fifteen twenty years old now or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and still popular. But... Yeah, yeah, it started with that, and that kind of led to this booming like that. I mean, then we've got like the Hunger Games, the Divergent oh, yeah. series you know, Twilight, um, all these like huge uh, series of franchises. Teen, teen fiction. Yeah, these huge franchises, but there's none really geared towards specifically the Christian teenage market, right? Okay. I mean, like the, the best thing that we've we've got is like, you know, Chronicles of Narnia. And Which that's, is great, but yeah. Yeah, but that's like 60 years old, right? 67 mm-hmm. years old whenever, uh, whenever C.S. Lewis wrote that. Um, so there's kind of just this dearth in, in the market for, for Christian teen fiction. Um, and like you said, there's like, there, there is some biblical fiction out there, but I kind of wanted to do it right. You know? Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I think, I mean, I'll quote C.S. Lewis and I, for briefly, and I've, I've said this quote before, but he's, he said, um, we don't necessarily need more 
Christian books, but we need more Christians writing good books. Or right. if it's both, that works too. But um, yeah. but yeah, there's there's a right and a wrong way to do it, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so I, I've actually seen there's there's actually kind of a, a growth in the market, um, like Ted Decker. Um, yeah, I've read some of his. Yeah, so he and his daughter actually started writing a, a teen fiction series as okay. well for a Christian teen fiction series. So there's there's a lot of authors that are starting to jump in and, and try and write good, good, you know, good literature for Christian teens. And, and so I'm just yeah. trying to kind of be a part of that. But there's, there's there's room for you to, you to jump into the market, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. Okay. Um, who are the biggest influences on your writing? Who or what? I was going to ask for either authors or books or writing style or ones that you think have influenced you. Um, so if, if I had to say, I, like I'm trying to model my books kind of after uh, the Magic Treehouse type cool. style. As I, far as like... I read those as a kid. I, I, I was very fond of those as a kid. Yeah, I, I love them. And, and I think uh, it's by Mary Pope Osborne. That's, that's um, about right, yeah. And there's, I think there's like almost a hundred in that series now. Um, so I have. Is this still going? I I don't know if there's any like new ones okay. out there. I have not kept up. I just uh, I, I I know I read probably thirty or forty of them as a kid. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. And now, so my my oldest son is in second grade. He's going into second grade, and so he really loves those. And, okay. and so I like those because they're they're fictional, right? Uh, but they also bring in a lot of nonfiction type themes. Like each, each book has a theme, you know, dinosaurs before dark. The theme there right. is they're giving a lot of facts about dinosaurs. You're learning about prehistoric times, you know, then there's yeah. like Dawn of the Sabretooth. You're learning about the ice age. And so I, I think he started, he started releasing like a, 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 like nonfiction companions to each one too. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I use those uh, a lot when I'm actually teaching up in Cleveland. Very um, cool. Because it's a it's an engaging way of teaching uh, nonfiction stuff, right? Um, and so I kind of want uh, my books to be kind of that way. So it's teaching the story from the Bible, but it's doing it from a fictional, fun kind of not not fantastical, but like a fun fictional way of yeah. teaching the story from the Bible in a, in like a new and engaging way. Yeah, absolutely. Good deal. Okay. Yeah. Um, what are your biggest struggles with the craft of writing or editing, or what's the hardest part of the process for for, for you, the writing process? Uh, finding time to do it. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. With, with everything you told me, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's true. Time yeah. and motivation a bit. Yeah, so uh, my wife works night shift at, at the hospital. Okay. And so, uh, like, normally how I write, is um, my wife will leave at about 6.30, 6.40 for her job at night. And so then I, I, you know, clean up the dishes, get the kids bathed, get them to bed. And then I come down and I, I try and like an hour. I'm going to sit down and try and write for an hour. Uh, but lately, we just had our, uh, our fourth kid in, in December. Congratulations. So, so thank you. Yeah, so about seven months ago. And um Ever since then, like, it, it's been hard finding the motivation. Like, I'll get them to bed, and I'll come downstairs, and, like, I'm just, like, like, I, you know, I, I just feel like I don't have the mental energy to do it. Yeah, I believe it. it. Um, so that's a struggle. And then along with that, it, it's really tough because um, I'm working on my second novel in this series now. Oh, it's going to be a series. Okay. 
yeah so um uh, a sequel yeah. we can talk more about yeah. it's not necessarily a sequel to this book uh but it's kind of in the same biblical fiction companion ish um, okay yeah 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 i'll ask uh, about that a little, little, little later yeah sorry keep going mm -hmm. yeah so it what's been really difficult with this one in particular is um is just getting the pace and the flow of my writing um because okay. if it's if it's been three weeks since i wrote you know half the last half of chapter seven getting back into the flow and, and having just a congruous you know consistent um you know style diction whatever uh starting chapter eight is difficult yeah when, when it's yeah. been three or four weeks since you wrote last so sure. that's been that's been my most recent challenge no i get it uh, i mean we only have one kid uh, not 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 four who is almost one and i mean I know some people say they like to write in the mornings, but I, you know, some, some of us work full time. So I'm like, yeah, maybe eight to ten o'clock at night when he's he's in bed. That's that's my key time to write if I'm motivated. I mean, I mean, I, it's easy for me to play games or whatever too. Um, right. But if if I motivate myself, I can do it then. Um, and I also, I get what you mean about like getting out of it for a while because I, um, I think I did a short video on this a little a while back, but like with, like over the holidays we were traveling and I was like. In my novel, I was at a, at a climactic scene, but th but then then like in real life, I was getting interrupted. I'm like, it doesn't feel like it's very fast paced, but it should, but it's supposed to be. So, right. so it's, it's tough. Right. It's tough to get yourself in that mindset. Yeah, yeah, like so. In my latest novel, like I'm coming up to the point where it's supposed to be like the emotional climax of the story, right? Okay. And I haven't written for like four weeks, and I'm like, no, like I need to go back and reread everything. To bring myself emotionally. I was gonna say, do, do you go back and read or review or or yeah, get so, back into it? Yeah, I'm really gonna have to like get motivated and just well, and then and then the hardest part now is like just rereading without editing, you know, because like now as I'm reading, I'm like, ooh, mm -hmm. I need to change that. But like, so I'm gonna have to tell myself, nope, this this time like I'm not reading through to edit right now. Yeah. I'm just reading through to get emotionally back in the state where I can write like probably what's the most important scene in this in this book you know it's hard because we all we, we all want to we we, we all want to we all, we all want to edit and and, and i mean yeah. i i i, I want to fix my own stuff but yeah 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 okay then um what is your biggest strength in writing or what's the one thing you think your books do really well or um, maybe, maybe more than one thing but but yeah I, so I think my biggest uh, strength is is description, right? I, I think that yeah. I'm very descriptive in my writing. Um, I, I try and consciously add in something from at least like four of the senses in each scene, you know? So smell, it's not just what he sees. What does the character smell? What is the, what does he or she feel? Um, how does the air feel, right? How does That's the good. sun feel? Um, try and bring in like multiple senses, um, like the taste, the... Like so, in in one of my scenes, um, Ayal, the the main character, is eating a piece of bread with butter and honey, right? Um, yeah. So, like adding in as many of the senses as I can. How does the bread feel on his hand? It's warm. It's moist. How does how does the honey and the butter feel going down his throat? How does it taste? How does the bread smell? Um, you know, all of these senses. Uh, just to try and draw the reader in and, and like help the mind picture in as many ways as possible what's going on with that character. 
Um, so I, I make an effort to be as descriptive as possible. I'd say that's my, my strongest, my, okay. my strength in writing. Very good. That's an area I know I need to, I need to grow in. I'm always being told I'm heavy on dialogue, but I don't always do enough description or enough world building. So it's good. We, we, we need that. We need, we need the imagery and such. Yeah. Um, what's a writing tip you would offer people, um, possibly one that people overlook or don't know? Um, so one of the things that I noticed, because I, I worked with um, one of my wife's parents' uh, friends in editing, she was giving me writing tips. And so she said, um, when I was describing my main character, she's like, you use the word he to describe him almost every time. And she counted mm -hmm. it in one page. I used the word he 24 times. Okay. Right. And she's like, you need to find different ways to identify that character. So you can say yeah. he did this, then like you can use his name, Ayal, then you can call him like the boy, the runner, mm -hmm. like find as many different ways of identifying that character as possible to keep it fresh. You're not just saying he ran, he tripped over a log, he looked up into the sky. You can say Ayal was running when he tripped, the boy laid on his back looking up into the sky. Um, so Good. that's, that was a really eye opening thing when she literally circled every time I used the word he or yeah. his, um, you know, just that, that, just that one third person pronoun. And I used it like literally 24 times in one page. And she's like, that's way too much. That's boring. That's lame. The care, the, the reader doesn't want to read that as much. Um, so that's a really, a really good tip. I, I think for writers. Good deal. Yeah. I, I, I know that's my writing. I, I, I'm trying, I've, I've tried to cut down like some of the fluff. So I, I mean, I, I know I used to be very wordy. So I've, mm -hmm. I think my, my more recent level is more minimalistic. Um, it's um, like, but, but it's like, I guess maybe more in the action, but because of that, I do find myself using a lot of the same sentence structure because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do simpler sentences, but then I, then I, then I repeat, I repeat myself and I repeat the same words. And I'm like, yeah, I still need, still need some variety. It's, it's hard to find that balance. Yeah. And then, so along with that, using just simple past tense, instead yeah. of saying he had done this, he had done that, just saying he did this, he did that. Um, just cutting out a lot of those unnecessary, excuse me, filler words, you know, that, that just, if you can say something in seven words, don't do it in 15. <laughs> right, know? right, right. Yeah. Um, it's a, so, it's a lesson. For a lot, a lot of us word people, it's hard to learn that. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, yep. I understand the value of being conciseness. I, you know, I've I, I had professors in grad school challenge me on that. I'm, I'm now a professional editor, um, so I, I get that. I still, um, I still need to, like, I, 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 I understand it, but I still need to practice it more. Yeah, or, or, or yeah. consciously revise my own writing over time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. good deal. It's good. also, it's also so. It's weird. Uh, it, it's kind of difficult for, I'm 34, for a 34 year old to write for an audience of 12 to 14 year olds. That's fair. Well, you know, um, like I have to consider, uh, like as far as word choice, like is, is my audience even familiar with this word? Like, or, or will they read it and just be like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, so it's is your book, yeah. is it third person? Uh, narration yeah it's in, yeah it's in third person okay i was i was thinking if it was first person that might be even harder like getting, getting inside the head of a teenager or whatever but, yeah um, no it's, it's in third person but uh it's it's third person omniscient okay uh, so you do know what he's thinking and, and stuff like that um 
and then also another huge thing is I can't use like cliche phrases that we say now. Right. Because this is, this is written back in, you know, um, like seventh, like 700 BC or whatever. If you're going for realism. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was another thing where, where my editor, like, she was like, Hey, you can't say this because like, they wouldn't have said this back then. <laughs> um, and so pulling out a lot of those, those like colloquialisms that we, we use now, um, and, and making sure that that's not included. That's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people have done it anachronistically. I mean, there's a famous example of like Shakespeare writing Julius Caesar and he says the clock strikes 12 or whatever. And, and there's no clocks back then. So, I mean, right. I, mean <laughs> I think, I think people understand you're not using, you know, literal Hebrew, but, um, right. But you, you, you want to make it accurate as possible. And, and I appreciate that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and then also like finding um, like so descriptive words, right? Um, like like describing colors and stuff like that. Yeah. Like saying saying like uh, her skin was the color of you know whatever, her hair was the color. Like making sure that I'm using like words and things that the character would have been familiar in at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, so like, which limits you a lot when we think about how how far removed we are in history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. So I'm, uh, I've been using like a lot of uh, different spices. Okay. Like, so so um, like her hair was the color of cinnamon and, and stuff nice. like that, because that's something that they probably would have had back then. Yeah. Or like just using things like like trees and, and just natural things that, that they would have known. Linen, uh, tanned, tanned leather, you know, they, they would have had stuff like that. Um, so just knowing knowing what descriptive phrases to use has been a real challenge as well. Okay, okay, good, good advice, good tips. Thank you. Um, I have a few more questions. Um, I might shift it into the publishing realm, but I see we still have a few viewers. Um, put your questions in the comments too. I want to make this interactive as much as possible. Um, you can hear from a lot of you. We have Eric here. Um, so anything you want to ask him or 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 comment on, feel free to comment in in, in the chat. Um, I was going to ask. We, we touched on this about um, publishing, but tell us about your publishing process with Crosslink. How did you find them? Um, what was your process like for looking for a publisher? Um, how did you know that they were the right one, et cetera? Et cetera? Mm -hmm. uh, so I started, I mean, so I had the manuscript for my children's book probably like seven years ago done. And so I spent about two or three years just sending out query letters to hundreds of publishers for that didn't get a single one and that can take a while and and can can take you know dozens of rejections or whatever before, well before. you're lucky if you even actually get a rejection because most okay. of them are just like if we don't respond within six months we don't, like we didn't yeah, yeah 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 and so you never even get a yes or a no and um but so um i like i said i self-published that through kdp uh amazon kindle direct publishing that is right uh, for finding a publisher for Ayal, I actually, so what, what we did with this, uh, I was working with, uh, some of the pastors at our church and what we did is over the pandemic, we released, um, the book chapter by chapter on our church's blog. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah. That I, I, I wrote, I was just writing the blog for free, um, for them just as a way of, you know, lending my talents to the kingdom. Right. Yeah. And so we decided to kind of use that blog as a way to engage our younger students as well. 
And so we released um, Ayal. This was before I was even looking for a publisher. We just released it chapter by chapter on the blog. And I wasn't really planning on doing anything with it. But then uh, when we released the final chapter on the blog, I was like, you know what? Might as well. And so I just Googled like top 25 Christian publishers, right? And so at that time, we were in the middle of the pandemic and most of them weren't taking um, any queries at all, um, any submissions at all. And so I found three of them that were, and literally I just sent the manuscript to those three. And within like five days, Crosslink came back and they were like, hey, normally we don't take any authors with less than 5,000, you know, sales to their name. but we really like the manuscript. We like where you're going with this. And so we'd like to do it. So I researched them. Yeah, I researched them and I asked uh, one of my friends who is published about them. And um, yeah, they they seemed like a reputable company. I really like their mission. Uh, Their mission is basically, they don't charge a lot for their books. Their books are very low priced because their mission is just to get quality Christian literature into the hands of as many people as possible. I'm on board with that mission. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to get rich uh, <laughs> as an author anyways. I kind of just do it as a hobby. And so, you know what, that that's awesome. I'm on board. It's one of the things, yeah, it's, it's not like when you're young and you, you dream of being like an instant millionaire when you, when you, when you publish, not quite. Right. Yeah. I'm not James Patterson, right? Yeah. <laughs> James Patterson makes like 65 million a year. Um, but if you take him out, like the average income yearly for an author is like 1200 bucks. <laughs> so, I don't realize that. But yeah, still, it's, yeah. I mean, it's still impressive that like you, you said, you said, you said you sent three publishers and, and within, within a week they got back to you and they were like, we don't usually do this, but we like yours. I mean, that, that, that in itself, I think is impressive. It's, it's like, I mean, I, I don't know if it's one, one in a million, but, it, but it's like you, you lucked out or whatever. Yeah, I did. And um super fortunate to be I mean, able to work with Also them. skill and effort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll call it luck, though. Uh, they, they've been great <laughs> to work with. Um, every week they sent me like an email with homework to do to try and build my platform to, oh, to that's really cool. uh, try and make the book as ready as possible for publication. So, so they're, they're engaging with you on, on, uh, it's not just like, we'll print it and here you go out in the world. It's like they're, they're engaging with you on, on like building your platform and, 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 and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is, okay. uh, which is awesome. Cause you know, if I do better marketing myself, um, then they do better as well sure. as sales and stuff like that. So, um, it's, sure. it's been a, a pretty cool, uh, journey, a, really lot of, a lot of learning and, and a lot of growing as an author and as a per- person. Okay. That's awesome. I was going to ask you this question too. Um, so what have you done or are you doing for self-promotion slash building your platform slash engaging the audience, which is part of an author's job these days, unless you're really, really big. It's, right. It's something uh, I do. So I've, I've done a couple of, um, like blog post interviews. I, I've done um, a couple of live interviews. Um, I can't, it's pretty impossible to, to get into schools and stuff right now. A lot of them still aren't taking visitors. Well, right now it's the summer. Yeah. All, you mean like, all, like trying to do like author visits in your area? Yeah. So I've done, I did a couple of virtual author visits with, cool. um, 
with a couple kindergarten classes last year. Also, but it's hard while, while you're a full-time teacher too and, and you have to be yeah. at school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be like, Hey, I, I got my lunch from like 12 to 1245, unless there's a fight on the playground that I'm going to have to go <laughs> take care of that. And so, um, so it was, um, I've been, I've been trying to do a lot of that stuff. Um, I have my own website now, um, trying to get into, uh, some Facebook. Well, I, I've been in some Facebook groups, sure. um, for authors and then for, um, people who are just asking for recommendations for, for books and stuff like that. So just trying to network, uh, a yeah. lot of trying to network, that's, but, that's first um, but that's, again, that's really hard unless you're really, really into it and, and really like committed to spending a lot of time networking. Um, so it's a struggle, but just people who spend like all day on social media. I mean, I mean, I mean, not just, not just like lounging around, but like actively networking and, and seeking to, to, to promote themselves and those connections. And I'm like, I, I admire that. I mean, it's work. I do a, a little bit each day and it's, it feels like work to me. Um, and I'm, I mean, I also have a full-time job, so I can't spend hours and hours doing that. And then I'm like, when do you actually take the time to work on your content? Like you're writing, but, but, um, yeah, they say that like you yeah. should post at least once a day on Twitter, like Instagram and Facebook. And I'm yeah. like, Hey, I absolutely hate Twitter. Like, it's just such a cesspool of negativity, right? Like, I mean, if I want to feel like the world is burning around me, like I go on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, That's how I feel about Facebook, but I, I'm, I'm still on it because I'm a glutton for punishment. But anyway. Yeah, I've, I've kind of taken a step back from... Uh, at least a lot of like the political commentary that I. Oh yeah, that's all, the, all different different ball game. No need, no need to get into it here, but. Yeah, um, and I've stepped away from a lot of social media aside from like trying to promote my books and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Just as like a mental health break for me. Oh you know, sure. Like I, like I said, you go on you go on Facebook and Twitter, and half the time, like if you if you relied on that for your sense of what the world is. Like you'd think the world is burning around you, you know. You think yeah. that like the the streets are all collapsing into ruin, and uh, but that that's what they say you need to do to build your platform is, is like post at least once a day on Twitter and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I'm just I'm not good at it, you know. I'm I'm not. Yeah. I I'm trying. I'm trying to network, but it's it's difficult, especially sure. if you have a full time job and don't want to spend and, hours and a family. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the time. It's not an overnight success. I mean, maybe if you get it really big, but but um, most of the time it's like you work for I don't know however many years to build a platform, and then you get big, right? Or bigger. Yeah, I'm realizing that now in my own process. I've been I've been trying to work at it for a year or two, and I've made some some progress and some connections, but um, you know, not yeah. an overnight success. Yeah, for a while I was like I I blogged pretty regularly, like about once a week. Um, and so I, I built like a decent following on that. I had like sure. 300 su subscribers to my blog, okay. but, um, like you said, it's just exhausting trying to constantly put content out there, quality content, at least yeah. this is like full blog posts. It's, it's really exhausting trying to do that content while also working on oh, like, yeah. your next novel and stuff yeah. like that. So they say, I mean, I mean, I mean, you can do short form content too, which I mean, in Twitter in certain places is a lot more accessible anyway. Like, like if, if, not, a whole, if not, not a full blog post, just do like, I don't know, a sentence or two um, or a short thing and, and even that's enough. But I still struggle to 
do that, you know, every single day or multiple times a day, whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's, it's a process is what, is what we're hearing. Yeah. And, but, I'm, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm glad your, your, your company, your, your publisher is working with you on that. Um, or is, is you, you said they send, they send you things to help, help you with steps you can take kind of. Yeah. Um, and, and so then they, they also, I mean, they have a pretty wide distribution channel, right? They, they work with, I think they said they have like over 250 distributors. Um, and so if, if one of their distributors is say doing something at like a, a book, a book fair or something, they're like, Hey, listen, it's a $25 fee for them to display your book at this, at this like book fair. Do you want to do it? And so they give you the opportunity, yes or no. And, and so they, they provide avenues for for me to try and do that. If, if That's I good. I know not not all smallish publishers do that. Um, yeah, I've talked to some people who who are public, you know, published. But I mean, again, but publishing doesn't doesn't mean you, your book is instantly out there. There's a lot of work to do, and and some some publishers just kind of kind of let you go and have you have you do it on your own. So I'm I'm, I'm glad they're they're helping you with some stuff. Yeah, they, they seem pretty driven to um, to expand uh, and, and to help help their authors out, and it's been um, it's it's been a good journey with them so far. Good, I mean, good. it's not like there's Zondervan or oh, yeah. any, anything <laughs> like that, but um, it, I've been really happy uh, hey, to be able to work with them. I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. Um, so I was looking at your your site and your book um, book cover, and I noticed it says you have an illustrator too. Um, yes. So I was going to ask, first of all, do you have illustrations in your book? Are there like a lot of them or scattered throughout? And then how did you find that illustrator to work with? Um, so I think uh, with this book, there's, I think there's like 16 or 17 illustrations scattered throughout the book. Okay. Is um, it like full page or just kind of like? Uh, not even anything that extensive. Uh, okay. They're, they're pretty minimal. Uh, and we, we wanted to keep it that way. Um, just okay any kind of visual to give the, the readers uh, kind of a sense of that. Uh, so I've, I've actually known my illustrator. She grew up like three houses down the road from me where, where I oh, that's cool. And so she is, she's an art teacher um, at, yeah. at a school, maybe like 25, 30 minutes from where I teach. And so. Sure. Um, I just, uh, sorry. I, I just want to give credit. I see it's Kelly P. Harrison, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, Kelly Peters. Okay. And then, just just wanted to give a shout out, and, and, and I mean, I, I don't know her, but, but just give credit to the person involved. Go, go yeah, she's, and, and she's great. Um, she actually lives like, I don't know, like five minutes away from me. Like one of her daughters okay. is in the same grade as my oldest son. And um, so we're, we've, we've been friends, and then we kind of just decided to collab on, um, she, she was actually the illustrator for my children's book as well. Oh, cool, okay. And so then when I, when I decided to put illustrations into uh, the novel, I was like, Kelly, you want to do this? And she's like, yep. Great. Uh, and so, yeah, that, it, that was pretty much a seamless, a pretty seamless, uh, I don't know, uh, collaboration with her. Um, you know, you hear a lot of, uh, a lot of stories about people who have illustrators in like, you know, hungry or like yeah. Across, I, I wasn't sure if it was like your if the publisher hooked you up with an illustrator or or if it was like you and an illustrator going into it together, kind of. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, cool. that, that's how we did it. Um, we've we've been working together for a while, and Good. so she's she's doing the illustrations for my next 
children's book where the manuscript is already done. We're just kind of getting the illustrations together and we'll be releasing that hopefully um, in the fall sometime. Definitely okay. by Christmas. Okay, awesome. Um, that's a good transition to my next question. I was going to, we hinted this before, but I was going to ask you, what do you have in the works either currently or for the future? I know you're working on our next one. Yeah. So, um, I actually have like, uh, <laughs> so I just have this whole like Google doc of like ideas. Okay. Right? Well, as much as you can share or want to share. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm fine with it. Like I, as far as people stealing my ideas, whatever, if they can do it better than me, good for them, <laughs> you know? Um, so like the next children's book I'll be putting out, it's called Sammy the Snowflake. Okay. Um, and it, it sounds really, really dumb, but I actually love this story. It's about a snowflake that's scared of heights. Um, <laughs> and so like the snowflake has to decide whether he's going to stay up in the cloud or kind of like fulfill his life's purpose and like, fly down uh or jump out of the cloud and float down and um okay. it's it's actually it's it, it's way more to it than that for sure yeah um but it's uh i i really like this one a lot uh so that one hopefully uh kelly will get done with the illustrations in the next month or so maybe okay. um, then we're i think i'm just gonna go uh the amazon kdp route with that one again that worked okay. out pretty well um with my first children's book um, and so that really, it's as soon as I can get it uploaded and um, the formatting done, then we can have that hopefully, hopefully around Thanksgiving and, um, and then try and push for marketing it towards Christmas, Great. And Christmas gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then as far as my next teen novel, I'm actually starting a trilogy uh, because everyone does trilogies, right? Why not? Uh, <laughs> and so uh this one it's a trilogy about the foundation of the church in philippi cool. uh, because there were three founding members there was the uh philippian jailer there was lydia um the seller of purple cloth mm -hmm. and then there was the slave girl who had like the the visions and she told um she she was like prophesied but she had like a demon okay. and so those were the three founders of the church in philippi and so i'm kind of i'm doing a um is it like each book for one of them or mm -hmm. okay. yeah so currently i'm working on the the philippian jailer um, but i'm telling it from the perspective of his son um well it kind of dual i'm i'm like so i'm kind of switching back and forth one chapter will be from the jailer's perspective, the next one from his son as you move through the plot. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm giving him a background. Uh, so back then in those days, uh, a lot of times jailers were Roman army veterans who had been injured. And okay. so instead of kind of like pushing them to the side, they gave them this cushy job as a jailer mm -hmm. um, to kind of take care of them. Thank you for your service, whatever. Um, so he's, he, the jailer himself is this Roman army veteran who was injured so he's got some PTSD issues, and yeah. um, but then the whole book is about identity. Like he okay. he identifies first and foremost as like this Roman soldier. That's who he is, and so then that kind of morphs into his job as a jailer. That's his identity. He he has so much caught up in. I'm a jailer. This is my job. This is what I do. Um, and so then when Paul and Silas come, and then the earthquake happens, all the doors are opened. Mm -hmm that identity is all of a sudden in, in crisis, right? Like I've failed as a jailer. Yeah. And that's why he wants to kill himself. And, and so the, the theme of that book is like, you know, how, 
like where is our identity like is, is okay. it in our job is it in our uh like who we think we are is our identity in christ as, as children of god and so those three uh, i'm pretty excited about because the gospel right and like the difference that jesus can make in our lives here on earth not even necessarily talking about heaven hell whatever mm -hmm. but like the difference that having a relationship with with jesus can have in your life here on earth is just sewn so much into these novels i'm really excited about it okay very good um when do you think um like like, like you're working on the manuscripts now i mean there's not a publication date yet or anything is there or no so okay. um i'm about seven and a half chapters into that one um, okay so they're just now meeting paul and silas okay is it also <laughs> Also, young adult focused. You said you're, you're telling it from the, yeah. the, the perspective of the son. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, this wasn't on my list, but I should have asked earlier, or maybe now too. Um, how much historical research have you had to do for these books? I mean, like, like jailers are usually army veterans. I didn't know that in ancient Rome. Um, uh -huh. I, I mean, was this all, all things you knew from just attending church for a long time, or, or have you done extra research for these books? And how much? Uh, I do quite a bit of research, actually. That's good. Because, um, yeah. like, you know, where is Philippi? I didn't know. So, like, I had to look up a map and, like... Greece? I don't, I don't know. Right. Uh, so, I mean, like, I had to research, like, you know, uh, the town of Philippi. What did it mean to, like, that region? And, um, and, and so researching, like, what battle would this jailer have actually gotten injured in? You know, wow. what, what, what battles did the Romans fight during that time? And so... That's really cool. Um, so coming up with with uh, that, I, I've actually done quite a bit of research um, into it, which is actually kind of fun. Um, so the, the battle that the jailer got injured in is the Battle of the Teutoburg Forest. Um, and Netflix, actually, it's funny, came out with a series called Barbarians, like two months after I started writing this that focuses on the Battle of the Teutoburg Forest. And I'm like, okay. Huh. Right on, man. That works. <laughs> so I watched through that one and, and called it research, you know? <laughs> hey, yeah. A variety of sources. Yeah, now I can write off uh, my Netflix subscription on my taxes as, as like research <laughs> for my uh, writing, right? Living the dream. No. Yeah. <laughs> Stop no, that's, government. That's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're being thorough with it. Again, I'll, I, I emphasize, I mean, we've read some most of us have seen bad historical fiction or bad biblical fiction um yeah. or, or even just just it doesn't get into details um and i mean i'm i'm not a historical fiction writer i've, I've, I've dabbled in a short story like a few short stories about biblical characters but i haven't done much with them so like i i have not done that, that level of research that you have so i i think it's really cool that you're you're one learning and researching just for the joy of it in itself but also trying to make your novels accurate and 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 you know fit within the narrative we know um and yeah props to you thanks yeah yeah sure. yeah it's, um, sure. it's fun it's a, it's a journey but it's fun oh yeah yeah very good okay well probably my last question for now um where can people find your books and where can they find you and your work online uh so they can find my books so i all the arrow boy that's on a lot of different sites that's going to be on like you know goodreads on christian book Good. Amazon, yeah. uh, Google Shopping, Google Books, all that. Um, I do ask if you buy it off Amazon, leave a good review. Because okay. uh, yeah. a lot of their algorithms work off of reviews and stuff yeah. like that. 
my children's book, which is called The First Ostrich to Fly. That's exclusively on Amazon since I've published through Amazon KDP. Um, but yeah, you can go on there. Uh, you can just either search my name once you're on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, E-R-I-K-S-T-E-I-D-L, or you can search the names of the books, sure. I'll the Arrow Boy and The First Ostrich to Fly. Um, and then you can also get um, Ayal off of my website, which yeah, is www.stitlestories.com. Um, S-T-I-D-L stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. S-T-E-I-D-L stories.com. Um, but look, easiest way is Amazon. If you have Prime, it's free shipping. Sure. So, Does it, um, like... Do you get more of a commission if it's from, from your website, or how does it, how does that work? Does, no, does it... I, uh, the commission's the same either way. Okay, uh, okay. So the way the way um, publishers work is they, um, yeah, they they just have a price that they sell to distributors distributors for, and then sure. I get the the same commission off of that either. Okay. And uh, um, so that's where you can buy the book. So go buy the book. It's what eight ninety five. Is it the same on your, on your website? Um, it's that's... yeah, it's eight ninety five through Amazon. I think on Christian Book it's a little cheaper. So look, if you, okay. you want to look on ChristianBook.com, it might be cheaper there. Okay, so I mean, I want to buy it now. I haven't yet, but I, but I'm but I'm like, it, it sounds sounds really interesting. So I, I, I might go do that. Um, and what about like social media? Um, are, 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 like, where, where can people follow you? Where, where are you most active still? Uh, probably, I mean, Instagram and Facebook, since they're linked, um, you know, you just post on Instagram, it also, it all automatically goes to Facebook. Um, my Instagram is eric.stitle, is at eric.stitle, so that's E-R-I-K dot S-T-E-I-D-L. Um, my Twitter, if you want to follow me there, I hardly ever post, though, it's eric underscore stitle. Um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that's my social uh if you want to subscribe to my blog i haven't blogged in like i don't know eight nine months um it is happy hyphen days dot blog but days is d-a-z-e <laughs> play okay. words there happy hyphen yeah. days um and i should start blogging again more uh it's just it's been hard you know sure i understand that yeah okay great well yeah Thank you for being here today, um, for answering some of our questions um, and sharing about your story. I, I, I admit, I mean, coming into this discussion, I, I didn't know a lot about your book yet. I had, I had looked at on the website a little bit, but but now now I'm interested after talking talking with you. So I'm, I'm glad it's going well for you. I'm glad I'm glad that that um, the journey seems to be seems to be working, and wish you the best for your future project, projects. Um, so, any last words, or I mean, last comments for the fans? uh yeah no thanks for having me i really appreciate it um like you said any kind of networking that that we can do supporting each other um like if you want a beta reader for your novel um let me know i'll I'll take a look at it and and stuff and um yeah and and hopefully we 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 have to stick together yeah that's right man never mind the fact that 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 we're might be each other's competition um well, well, we're in different genres, so. Anyway. Yeah, different genres, different markets, whatever. Yeah, so it's probably okay, but yeah. And yeah. like I said, um, so I, I heard someone say this. They're like, listen, just like if someone reads, like if someone reads your book and loves it, 
that's not going to preclude them from reading my book. It might actually get them interested in reading. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They find my book because of it. So yeah, it's all connected, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, Those who are watching, thank you for watching today. Thank you, Eric and everyone have a great weekend and keep writing. Yep. We'll see you. Bye.